0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program, Praying for America. It's great to be with you. And uh, tonight I want to talk about the Constitution. There's a reason why President Trump talks about the need to defend our Constitution. He does it at his rallies. He does it constantly. Uh, he has promised and he fulfilled during his administration the promise to appoint judges who understood that their role was to defend the Constitution. Their decisions had to be based on the Constitution, not on what they wanted it to be or on something completely unfamiliar uh, to us as Americans. So uh, there's a reason why presidents like him defend the Constitution. It has an inherent greatness. What are the elements that make the Constitution great? I want to trace six of them for you in tonight's program. Just kind kind of remind ourselves of why this structure of government works as to why this is the oldest functioning constitution in the world. We're the only country still operating under its original constitution. That's pretty significant. And people come here more than to any place else looking for freedom, looking for opportunity. You know, the freedom and opportunity, these are not just things that kind of fall from the sky in a magical way. The reason we have freedom, the reason we have opportunity in America is based in the Constitution because of the way that things are set up. And if, and if you know for us like myself, who have always uh lived here in America, born here and raised and never never lived under any other system of government, thank you, Lord, um we kind of, you know take it for granted we presume that oh well this is the way it is everywhere no it's not and and our constitution uh embodies principles and ways of life that are uniquely american and that when they were introduced by our founders in many instances weren't anywhere else in the world We're in anywhere else in the world. We kind of have to learn that. That's why also President Trump has so ardently defended patriotic education. Teach our children the kinds of principles I'm going to review with you here tonight. And uh, by teaching them the uniqueness, the greatness, the wisdom, the genius of this Constitution, it'll motivate them to fight for it, defend it, and enjoy its benefits. Let's read from the Gospel of Luke. In chapter 22, starting in verse 24, we read, A dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, The greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you taught us the nature of authority as it should be exercised among your followers. That it is not to lord over another person, not to own them, not to be a master, but to serve. You yourself, O Lord, came to serve, not to be served. You came to give your life as a ransom for us all, certainly not to control or take life. You came, Lord God, showing us that the greatest among us is to be the least of all. You paid attention to those on the margins of society, those on the outskirts, those whom others had rejected. You called Zacchaeus down and ate at his house. You paid attention to the blind beggar when the crowd was telling you to ignore him. You went to the lepers instead of keeping your distance from them. You will always sought out those on the outskirts. And when the little children came to you, you did not stop them. Teach us, Lord, what authority means, what service means, and help us to understand even more deeply the meaning of America. For you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. Okay, let's go to the whiteboard And let's just look at six basic principles that help us understand our Constitution and that make it great and that make it work. Let's take a look. The Constitution of the United States. Now, brothers and sisters, you know that our founding documents consists of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So the Declaration is is the, the document of principles. Why are we starting a new government? Our founders declared their independence from King George III, a tyrant, and they listed the grievances. Most of the wording of the Declaration of Independence is a list of grievances, violations of human rights, Not just taxation without representation. It's deeper than that. He was taking lives. He was disrupting lives. He was taking away rights of self-governance. He was doing all kinds of things that are laid out there in great detail in between those principles about unalienable rights and self-evident truths. So that's the document of principle. If you declare the reasons why you're you're uh, separating yourselves from a previous political loyalty and and setting out on a new path, well then you've got to do part two, which is okay, what's that new path going to look like? How are we going to govern ourselves if we don't any longer want to be governed by a tyrant? well, how do we make it work to govern ourselves and that's where the constitution comes in. There are several different um aspects or d- dimensions of the constitution that we need to understand okay number one and this would seem quite obvious to say it's written okay it's not an unwritten constitution it's not some kind of conceptual uh, you know uh, 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 atmosphere that we're living in it was written down as a document this is not the case in every country it's a written constitution it's written for a reason That makes it objective. That makes it separated from what's in somebody's mind, what's in somebody's preferences, or what's in somebody's desire to change it. Making it written puts it out there and stabilizes it. Now, of course, you can take a written document and begin to read all things into it or reinterpret it. That's always uh, a danger. Well, it's a danger with the Constitution. It's a danger with the Bible. But the point is the fact that it's written gives a large measure of protection. Some people want to think of the Constitution as this ever-evolving written document. Sure, you can amend it if you have to, and sometimes we do have to. But the point is that being written down gives it a certain objectivity, gives it a, makes it into a standard that you can say, well, we have to adhere to the plainly written words that are in it, and even if it, Gives rise to some dispute about what those words mean. As long, at least, we're all dealing with the same words, and we have a written document. So that's very uh, critically important. Uh, number two, constitute principle about our constitution: the sovereignty belongs to the people. Okay, so it starts out, "We, the people of the United States." Sovereignty belongs to the people. Now, this is contrary to the idea that sovereignty belongs to the king. God gives the king authority. You know, the divine right of kings, you've heard of this. And God gives authority to the king. And let's put this in in different uh, color here because it's a different idea. And then the king can decide out of his largesse to give some of that authority to the people if he wants. Give some of the authority to the people and, you know, but really it resides in the king. The founders of this nation, the writers of our constitution said, no, 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 no. That is not what we're going to do because they experienced firsthand. What happens when a king becomes a tyrant? Sovereignty belongs to the people. And then that leads, in and of itself, to the third principle. The principle of limited government. If sovereignty belongs to the people, well then the government does not have any inherent authority of its own. None. Zero. The government starts off as a blank slate. It has zero authority inherent in itself. It has ultimately only the authority that the sovereign people want to give to it for the good of the people. So we read that passage from Scripture about, you know, and among the Gentiles, they lord it over them, okay? The kings, you know, we are your master. It shall not be that way with you, Jesus said, The greatest among you shall be as the servant. So those who do serve in government authority recognize the sovereignty of the people. They're not looking down at the people. They're looking up at the people. I have my authority. I have my position in government only because you, the people, have consented to give it to me. And that, of course, is reflected in the vote, isn't it? They're out of office if you vote them out. They're in office only because you vote them in. They answer to you, they work for you, you don't work for them. All right, so those are the first three principles. Limited government, well, how is it limited? And this leads us to principle number four, um, separation of powers. Now, the separation is both vertical and horizontal, the vertical separation of powers, you've got the federal government and you've got the state governments. So it's not just that we have one government. You know, obviously we have, we're have we talking about our federal constitution here. But there are state constitutions. We can think about our federal legislature, the Congress, but there are also 50 state legislatures. We can think about our federal courts with the Supreme Court at the pinnacle, but there are also 50 state court systems. We are the United States. The state government is distinct from the federal, and in fact, the states create the federal, not the other way around. So you have a separation there, and you have a separation horizontally, both at the federal level and at the state level, where you have the three branches of the government. Okay, so you have the lawmaking body, the legislative, you have the uh, those who enforce the law, the executive, and then you have the courts, the judicial. And they all have their specific responsibilities. And what's important for this point we're making here, they all have their limits. And there are ways that any of the two of them can, can temper and, and rein in, if you will, what the other branch might be doing. So, for example, um, the Congress, okay, the Senate, for example, in the legislative branch, has to approve uh, the judges to, before they get onto the to federal courts. The executive, moreover, nominates them. Now, on the other hand, turn that around, the judges can declare an action either of the executive or of the legislative branch to be unconstitutional if, in fact, there is not. They can't just make that up. It's got to be based on the Constitution, and it's plain language, going back to the fact that it's a written document. It doesn't just reside in the heart and mind of the, of the judge. Uh, but they have, a, they have an authority to rein in actions by which the other two branches might overstep their bounds. Likewise, Congress has the authority to take certain hands, to take certain issues out of the hands of the courts if the courts start to transgress their bounds. So there's a lot of different, we call them the checks and balances, right, on the the different branches. So there's the separation of powers. Principle number five, it's representative government. It's representative government. So what you're seeing here is the fact, for example, that we've got... Look at how our elections are structured. The president is elected every four years, serves a four-year term, can be re-elected, but only once. Senators serve a six-year term, so they're elected every six years. Members of the House of Representatives are elected every two years. So the elections are 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 on a different timetable for each of these um, groups of people. And therefore, they can't all run as on a slate. You know, oh, I'm going to elect my, my representative, my senator, my president all at the same time. Or they're going to run on one slate altogether. Too much power. Too much power. They've got to serve in government and they've got to kind of, they look at their colleagues and say, okay, well, you know, you're, your, your need to get reelected and your, your, your campaign and whether you win or lose is completely independent from me. You've got your delegation in your state. You've got your representatives. You've got your senators. But who wins, who loses, whether they stay in power, whether they get in power in the first place, they're all on their own track. They're all separately and independently answerable to you. This is a pretty good idea. And again, they represent you. They don't represent themselves. A final point, a sixth point uh, that makes our Constitution so great, the economic freedom that we have. Now, Now think of this in terms of why this is a land of prosperity and why it's a land of opportunity. You can come here, you can be a citizen of this country, And you can make things, you can invent things, you can create things, you can use your skills to produce things that can be of help to your fellow citizens. You can buy and you can sell anywhere in the country. You're not limited. You can buy and sell anywhere in the country. You can make money anywhere in the country, give money anywhere in the country, give goods and services. And your ingenuity, your inventiveness and creativity and hard work pays off because of the doctrine of private property. Not as, remember I told you before about you know, growing up in America, we kind of take for granted that, oh, well, it's this way around the world. It's not the case when it comes to private property and Take, for example, the whole idea of patents. You invent something. You own it. Government can't just, you know, pull it from you. Oh, this is ours now. Yeah, you worked hard to invent it. Maybe you spent your whole life thinking about a certain idea, and then you you, 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 you unlocked the secret of what that particular product is, and now it's a real moneymaker. maker. But yeah, you know, we're gonna just uh, we're gonna take the fruits of uh, of your labor from you. Well, what does that do? That depresses a drive and motivation to invent things. If you realize in the end you're not gonna own it yourself anyway, well, then you're less motivated to be inventive. And this is why ninety five percent of the impactful inventions that have changed our lives in the world have come from where america these are then the six principles a written constitution giving sovereignty to the people establishing limited government where we they govern only with the consent of the governed they govern in a way that's that does not allow human nature, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, does not allow human nature in its weakness to take over and to start to introduce tyranny, you've got separation of powers, representative government, accountable to the people, and economic freedom that opens the way to a tremendous, tremendous progress for families, individuals, and ultimately the benefit of the whole country. Let me go back to my... Chair and give you just some concluding Reflections on all of this Friends um, We have to defend the Constitution There are literally some And there are powerful forces in academia In media In government itself Who are No longer Appreciative of the Constitution, no longer in love with it. We have to be in love with it. We have to treat this document with the reverence that it deserves because our founding fathers, they prayed, and they worked hard, and they were granted wisdom. When you think about how this, and they had a, a biblical worldview. You think about how this works. It takes account of what the scriptures say about human nature the point i was just making about how you know we are we're inclined to sin we're inclined to do exactly the opposite of what that biblical passage said that we read at the outset that the greatest among you must become the least must become the servant of all well human nature is inclined to do just the opposite right we want to dominate we want to manipulate we want to own other people we want our own way we lust after power representative government that our constitution provides for is ultimately shaped by the teachings of jesus again our founders had a biblical worldview because jesus teaches that we all are called to be sons and daughters of the most high god and you know what that means we matter Our voices matter. It's not a divine right of kings that give us power if they so choose. And it's not the philosophy that the law proceeds from the mouth of the king. It's what the pagans believe. The king can wake up, make a decree that the people had no input into and have no recourse against, and he just gets up out of bed one day and uh, makes a decree, and now the people have to live with the consequences that doesn't respect the the inherent dignity of those people. It's just the opposite of the kind of, of leadership, servant leadership, that Jesus teaches. The law doesn't come from the mouth of the king. The law comes from God alone, not from any human being. And it's written on our hearts. And furthermore, It's a law given in and through the Spirit who makes us children of that King, of that God. So we have a voice. So when you say, well, we have representative government, government works for us, government has to serve us, we have a voice, we can vote, we can lobby, we can get them out of office if we need to. It flows from a Christian worldview. We matter. Our voices matter. So thank God for the Constitution. Let's teach our children and our grandchildren. Let's teach them well. Let's make sure our educational system is imparting an understanding of how it is that we're supposed to be governing ourselves. Because if we don't have an understanding of that, this system can slip away from us, and we can find ourselves once again under the very tyranny that our founding fathers sought to separate themselves from and to separate and protect us from let's pray father we thank you for the freedom that comes in and through the spirit that you pour out on us preserve this freedom by helping us preserve our understanding of this great document that we call our constitution and give us leaders like president trump who defend and love promote and educate people about the constitution and fulfill their oath of allegiance to it not looking at foreign entities to 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 give guidance from their ideas of government but looking rather to our founders to our founding documents written documents that have a meaning that we can understand and that have a value that we can appreciate preserve us o oh god and we ask All this as we pray for America using the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks very much. Uh, Connect with me on social media, FR Frank Pavone, and uh, connect with Right Side Broadcasting, RSB Network. Make sure you have an account on Getter, which uh, broadcasts these programs as well, on Truth Social. You'll find me there on those platforms, FR Frank Pavone. And let's stay connected, let's stay encouraged, and let's continue to remember the encouragement that President Trump gives us, reminding us that in this MAGA movement, We are part of the greatest political movement in American history, founded on that Constitution that we're discussing tonight. The greatest political movement in our history, reminding us, too, that the country doesn't belong to those who hate the Constitution or want to transform it. No. The country belongs to you. And that's why the greatest days of America are yet to come. Thanks for watching. Spread the word about this program. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.